0: It's time to open up the hallowed halls of leadership. It's time to figure out what the secrets are to being a successful leader and running a successful organization. It's time for VoltCast, Illuminating Leadership. Your host is Jeff Smith, an executive coach and business leader who has over two decades of forward-thinking executive leadership as a human resources and operations professional. Now, Jeff and his guest experts are ready to share their tips and studies with you. Now, here is Jeff Smith.
1: Welcome, this is Jeff Smith with Fullcast, Illuminating Leadership. So glad you could be with us today. We have so appreciated all the notes and ideas that you've sent for the shows. And uh, one of the ideas was to really talk about uh, talent management, succession planning, that war on talent. So I brought on my good friend Joanne Losey to come on the show today. Joanne, how are you today?
2: I'm doing great. Thanks, Jeff. Thanks for having me
1: back. Absolutely, yes. This is a repeat offender for Joanne. Uh, so glad that she could fly the Voltcast a second time here and, and hopefully we'll get a, another time under her wings. Um, for those that don't know Joanne, uh, Joanne's got over 25 years of uh, leadership, human resource, operational experience. She's done amazing work in the uh, space of um, leadership development, talent management, succession planning. She's led uh, conferences for the conference board, where this has been the main topic. Um, she works with global 500 companies around the world, helping them to grow and develop their talent. So a true thought leader. Um, she is also the managing partner of Fortify Leadership Group. She and I are partnering together in that venture. And so not only do uh, do I am constantly amazed by her brilliance, she, she even has to figure out how to coach me up. And so uh, Joanne, today I am happy to say that I'll try to lead you for a change. How about that?
2: Oh, I'm looking forward to it. <laughs>
1: Well, thanks for being with us. And just so you know, uh, for the folks out there, Joanne is uh, about three hours away from me. She's in Richmond. And while it's uh, it was uh, rainy here this morning, it's sunny and beautiful now, but it is thunderstorming like crazy in Richmond. So it's possible that she has to drop off at some point through a thunderstorm. So Joanne, hopefully we'll keep you. But, uh, you know, if not, I'll I'll cover and you call back in when uh, when you're avoiding lightning. You know,
2: Okay, I will. Thank you.
1: So, Joanne, you know, this topic around sort of uh, talent development, succession planning, Yeah, you know, we work so hard. You and I do a lot of uh, strategic planning offsites for our clients. And, you know, we spend all this time to try to make sure that we're picking the right product and the right strategy and we get everything aligned. But if we don't have the talent available, that strategy just doesn't really matter. So I'm curious, sort of what are you seeing in sort of the field of talent management, succession planning? You know, you you, you were talking to a lot of people about this. What were the trends that you're seeing in the marketplace right now?
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, obviously, there's, there's a whole lot of trends. But uh, let me just start with the fact that, you know, I would say that while this topic area um, has been important in the past, I think it's even more important now um, and and the challenges that are facing organizations. You know, a lot of those market forces um, that have to do with increased competition, um, speed of innovation, globalization, uh, all of those things are really making it critical that organizations have, you know, the right, I say people, the the competencies that the people embed, having those in the right place at the right time, as you said, to execute a strategy um, in a really rapid way, um, that's also customer friendly. Um. So, really thinking about you know how do we not only fulfill today's commitments, but then what are we going to do about tomorrow?
1: Mm. Yeah, you know, I'm curious. Um, One of the ones I'm seeing a lot is um, the struggle with um, getting folks into the sort of senior management positions. We're having uh, I was on on the phone yesterday with an executive recruiting firm, and they're starting to struggle a little bit finding the talent um, because. You know, some of the boomers are starting to step aside, and some of the next generation doesn't necessarily want to step forward. You know, what type of trends are you seeing in that in that capacity?
2: Yeah, well, I mean, I think there's there's two components to this, and you know, we talk we've talked about this a lot, which is around ability versus willingness, mm. and I think you have both dynamics going on right now in the marketplace. One is around ability, um, which mm-hmm. is you know, do we have individuals who are adequately prepared to step into those broader more senior diverse you know experiences Um, somewhat caused by the fact that we've had boomers, some say hanging around in the workplace um, a bit longer than their uh, predecessor generations. So, you know, there's one around just, do we have folks who are able to do it? Do they have the competencies? Have they had the experiences? But to your point, the second piece is, what is the willingness? Are people really wanting to step up? And, you know, I would agree with you that I think that there is a growing trend for people to look at some of the rather daunting and very public Um, and highly regulated depending on what industry you're in. Um, And some people are just electing to say that that's not something that I really want to choose to do. And I think that that's, you know, one of the impacts of our millennials um, starting to have on on this, on the workplace and in succession planning.
1: Yeah, so Joe, yeah, no, go ahead.
2: No, I was just gonna say, are you seeing the same thing or are you seeing different stuff with the folks you're talking to?
1: No, I see a lot of the same things. Um, You know, there's a little bit of, some millennials aren't quite ready um, for some of the senior positions. Some are. Uh, certainly, some advance quickly. Um there is this sort of sense of I'm not sure that I want to dedicate all that time and energy and have to be out in the forefront and have everything that I say be so uh, measured in the social media world, you know, where every little thing that you say or don't say can suddenly blow up and, and be the trend. So I definitely have seen some folks, you know, I work with uh, one person who, uh, was uh, on slate to be the CEO of about a 24,000, 25,000 person firm. And he took his name out of the ring. You know, he's about my age, you know, late 40s. And he just said, you know, for the pressure that it would come from Wall Street and what it would do to the family and all that, I've got a good gig and I can see doing this, what I'm doing, the number two for three to five more years. And I'm just not sure that, that I want to take that spot. And I think a previous generation, he wouldn't have thought twice about it. You know, it was... It truly was a, I don't know that I want to do that, even though qualified, capable, and talented.
2: Yeah, and I think that this is going to really drive organizations to be more creative about thinking through who are the right next group or the next slate of leaders, um, rather than looking to just the next level of leadership, really being creative around what industry are people coming from? What experiences have they had? How are they parlaying those into the profile of what could be a successful senior leader? And so it's gonna take organizations and the leadership of those organizations to really expand their the way that they even think about how do they identify talent? Who, who are the right people to even look at? And then how do you grow and develop them in a way that they're ready to take on those roles when they become vacant?
1: Yeah, I, I agree. So, um, Joanne, as you think about this, um, you know, when we're talking about talent development, um, what do you see is sort of going right around talent development? You know, when you, when you work with some organizations and you, and you see it going right, well, you know, what types of things do you see there? And then, you know, as, as we uh, work through the show, I'm sure we'll talk about some things that are, are not going right. But maybe we'll start with, uh, you know, we'll, let's do asset-based thinking today. We'll, we'll think on the positive side. You yeah. know, when you, see, when you see positive, you know, working with a really good organization, what are some things that they're doing?
2: Well, now, some of this may be affirmation bias, right? Because the individuals <laughs> who tend to call us in are those who are probably already thinking about it sure. um, and have a bias towards it. But, you know, that said, I think some of the things that are are going well is a real recognition that leader leadership takes more than just technical expertise. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I always call it your technical signature. So, you know, if you're in finance, that's your technical signature. If you're in quality, that's your technical signature, et cetera, et cetera, across all of the functional areas. But what I've seen is really organizations recognizing that leadership um, in any functional area and on an enterprise basis, It really takes more than just those technical skills. And so I've seen a really well, uh, more of what I'll call a rounding out, um, more assessing of leaders to truly understand their motivations and what are their strengths and how do we leverage those and where are those areas that we need to mitigate risks, as well as, you know, specifically, you know, how do we go about um, growing some of those, you know, what we've called for years the softer skills, but you and I both know from an emotional intelligence perspective are really the critical factors for making a successful leader. So, really the rounding out of leaders beyond technical is is one of the big trends that I'm seeing.
1: Yeah, I agree, Joanne. You know, I think that, um, you know, we talk a lot about sort of this uh, vertical development and horizontal development. And I think in the past, a lot of succession planning and talent development discussion revolved around, you know, they've got to get better at delegation skills, or maybe it's executive presence, or it's, um, you know, how do you uh, control room or decision making? What I really have seen in the past, I don't know, three to five years has been what we call that horizontal development. And it's really about, are you seeing the bigger picture? What are your opportunities? How do you see it from another person's point of view? And there is skill development in that, like how do you work on your influence skills? How do you get other points of view? But it's broadening. And so I love your sort of technical signature. It's moving from technical signature. You'll still need that. You know, that's, that gets you to the table. But now it's, okay, that's not enough, though. How do you get others to get buy-in? And how do you get that influence across the organization and start to explore what are, what's everyone else's mindset So, you know, I think that's an emerging trend as well, is that how you expand that mindset and develop a new set of tools. It's almost a different worldview that you have to take on as you rise up through the ranks.
2: Yeah, and, you know, to that end, I would say that organizations are getting much more savvy. Uh, Those that are actually winning the war on talent are becoming much more savvy about understanding kind of what they're their talent story is, for lack of a better mm-hmm. word. You know, we've called it in the past, we called it EVP or Employer Employment Branding, and it's been called multiple things. But really, what is the value proposition? What's the story? If you come to work here, what are you going to get in terms of leadership development? What are you going to get in terms of experience? And so organizations that are really separating themselves, I know we're, we're not quite at that yet, but I would say that those that are really doing this well, they understand their story. Um, and I don't talk about making this a fictional story but they truly understand what is the value proposition and how can you be a part of that story? And I think that that's really what sets some organizations apart.
1: Yeah, I think that's, you know, that's great. Um, You know, what I'm curious about too is, um, you know, what keeps people from doing it, right? So, you know, we may start that here and then continue after a break, but, you know, why, I mean, it makes so much sense, but what's keeping them from having these conversations and, and actually engaging in the talent development succession planning today?
2: Well, I mean, let's start with, I think, the fact that there's a scarce resource of
1: -hmm. of
2: time and, and that leaders, you know, to me, I think most leaders feel like they just get this, right? Because they've been at it for quite some time. I've risen through the ranks. I've been developed. I'm a natural developer of talent, of course, because of that. And so I think one of the biggest pieces is, you know, do we have enough time and or mind share to be able to dedicate ourselves to really having an integrated story and to apply resources to it in a way that's going to really make a business difference?
1: Yeah. And speaking of scarcity of time, you know, I asked a question knowing that we would probably pick up on the other side so um, we've got joy and lucy on uh, all day today to talk about uh, succession planning talent development etc so when we pick up from the break we'll also we'll we'll continue the conversation around what are some of the reasons people aren't doing succession planning talent development stay with us and we'll be right back in two minutes
3: streaming live the leader in internet talk radio The Voice America Business
4: Network, the bottom line in business talk.
3: The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com.
0: You are listening to Volcast Illuminating Leadership. To reach Jeff Smith or his guests today, please call 1-866-472-5788. Again, that's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to Jeff at VoltageLeadership.com. Now back to Voltcast Illuminating Leadership.
1: Welcome back, I'm here today with Joanne Losi, my uh, managing partner from Fortify Leadership Group and a close friend who is here to share her wisdom around talent development, session planning, and what she's seeing in the marketplace. So, Joanne, just before the break, we've been talking about why are people not doing this? You know, and so the first one was the scarcity of time. What are some of the other reasons that people sort of shy away from uh, working on talent development or and or succession planning?
2: Yeah, I mean, the two that I would point out, one is, one I would say is just around what I call legacy, um, Mm. right? And as we are, you know, retiring from the workplace, we've dedicated a lot of time, energy and commitment to make the organization successful. Um, And what gets triggered, which is in a lot of the literature is this kind of concept of legacy, that what's going to live on beyond me. And so when we use that as a measure, um, we're sort of creating a standard of what success should look like, usually in the eyes of the incumbent who's leaving the role. I would say this is particularly true in C-suite positions. So those of you who are doing succession planning more deep in the organization may not run into it. Although if you do have folks who have been in very long tenured in their position, you may also run into that. So, you know, legacy can be one of those things that is um, really an enabler. And I don't know about you, Jeff, but when I've coached people, around legacy and how, you know, this can be actually a really wonderful way to perpetuate all the good that they've done and leave their thumbprint on it. You know, I think it's a great conversation, but it it really takes having the conversation. uh, People don't even realize that they're doing it. I I don't know if you find the same thing.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, You know, it's kind of interesting. this morning. I coached someone this morning who is probably 63, 64, still wants to go two or three more years, but he at the end of the coaching session said, Hey, you know, is there anything I can be doing to help you? So, a, that's a great question to ask, you know, the folks that you're working with. But, um, you know, he goes, I really, I'm not too hung up on my own growth right now. What I want to make sure is that I'm leaving behind leaders that can take this organization for the next hundred years. So, it's about a hundred year old organization, and I just thought that was so great. You know, that's someone that really has a sense for, you know, how to go about doing this. And I watch him walk down the hall, and people, you know, he's a bit like the Pied Piper. People just kind of follow him. So he's really gotten there, and I asked him about it, and he says, you know, five, six years ago, I wasn't ready for the conversation, and I was still trying to climb the corporate ladder and worry about myself, and he goes, and I realized, I really want to leave a legacy, and so if you can have that conversation, wow, what a great thing, but not everyone's ready for the conversation, and he admitted he wasn't ready for it, you know, at 56, 57, but in his early 60s, he was.
2: Yeah, and I would, you know, one of the challenges, I think, around doing things like succession planning, talent management or talent development across an entire organization is that, you know, recognizing that, you know, moving people to other positions where they've not have a proven track record of success or, you know, coming up with um, some bold moves um, around the business based on some talent risks. Um, you know, these are all change issues. Um, So, you know, we're not going to talk about change management today, but, you know, there's there's a whole dynamic around the elements of change and getting people through the change curve that apply not only to talent development, because, as I always say, talent development is just a microcosm of organizational change, so the same concepts apply. But it's really important to recognize that people need to get through that change curve as it relates to considering their legacy. And this is really important when you're starting to talk about succession Mm
1: -hmm. Um,
2: especially at the most senior levels of the organization.
1: Yeah, and I think that, um, to your point, too, for folks, uh, you know, you and I are both working at one organization where we've had the CEO's been a spot for over 20 years. And and the whole organization is sort of saying, how do we deal with the legacy, right? And as they uh, are going to get ready to welcome in a new CEO – the, I'm curious to see where the whole talent development goes for the organization as the new CEO may want a different set of skill sets. It may be more confrontational, maybe a more direct culture. It may be, you know, um, we need to move a little faster and maybe it's with more data. And so, as you consider sort of talent development, also be thinking about what what type of culture do we have, and do are the leaders that we're developing match that culture and not just you know pure development, but are they going to work in our culture? Um, I'm reading this book, and I'll allude to it a little bit later, too. It's uh, Radical Candor. So, again, Radical Candor by Kim Scott. And she was talking about she's worked in uh, you know Apple and Google and, and studied Twitter and some other places. And she talks about one person she brought from her Google uh, that was just fantastic and brought over to Apple and was unsuccessful because of just the different types of leadership styles that were needed, the two different cultures. So the guy could still be a superstar, but not in that culture. And so he went from this high, steep growth trajectory to he really had to go to a more of a gradual and learn the culture before he could spring forward and be successful.
2: Mm. You know, this brings up another thing that I, you know, I would say what, what keeps us from starting and, and maybe blends into a little bit about what mistakes are being made is that, you know, there's a real fear um, of what if I get this wrong? Mm. You know, so we tend to be risk averse um, in making some of those talent moves and and leaders tend to be risk averse. There are some that, you know, break the mold, of course, but many senior leaders are risk averse as it relates to making talent moves or, you know, because they're afraid. What if? what if I get this wrong? How is this going to be a reflection on me? Um, Sometimes it's really genuinely about the other individual. Like, what if I put this person in the role? I've mentored him or her for many years. And what if they fail? Um, And so there's a lot of element around what I call fear um, is also part of the kind of what keeps people from doing it. Um, The other piece of fear is like, what if I tell them that I think that he or she is somebody who I consider high potential or on a path for succession, And then they don't do well, and then I have to tell them that they're not. Um, And so maybe it's just easier if we do something in a black box, we don't talk to anybody, we try and do all of this behind closed doors because we're afraid of how we communicate, what that message will be, and what the backlash might be if we make a mistake Using air quotes around make a mistake because obviously everyone can you know can continue to grow and develop even if it doesn't meet with great business results success individual development can still occur it often does in those times of of not not hitting business success but I mean that's another piece that I would say is not necessarily spoken aloud but my guess is you've run into that in the boardroom as well
1: yeah you know I think it goes through the whole organization to your point it's a uh, one sometimes people want to hoard talent, so you know they, they wh- Why would I want to share? You know, I'm doing well. If I let somebody go, holy cow! So I'd say watch for that leaders. You know that uh, that person that you you might hoard is being called my headhunter. And if they're not getting the chance to develop, then no one, you know, if you're not giving them a chance to move forward, the the executive recruiter knows talent and they find them. And next, day they, they're down the street, and so you know, you've lost out on great talent. And normally, great talent takes great talent with them, right? Mm-hmm. So I think, so I think that's part of it. And then I think to your point, um, it is, you know, I think one of the things that you're alluding to is folks don't feel like they have the skill set to do some of this, like. I don't know if I can have the right kind of conversation. And um, can I really coach up a person that I didn't choose to be in the high potential? And so, sort of to your point, they kind of do the just the mediocre and tell everyone they're doing a good job and they occasionally throw a bone to their best person instead of being planful, intentional, and knowing, hey, there are going to be some hard conversations, but I'd rather have one or two hard conversations, but make sure that I'm also celebrating the people that, are emerging at that mid-level and upper-level management, so that we have the talent that we need for the next five years. Mm-hmm, I agree, or maybe more. Yeah, and I, look, I'm not. Uh, I'm not saying this is easy, right? You know, I, I um, Joanne. Joanne is more direct than I am. I have struggled at times in my career, especially earlier, about being blunt and just telling people where they were. Um, and once I got better at that, sort of in the last five to seven years, I can just say that. Um, they have come and thanked me and wanted to work um, on their skill sets and what they need to develop. So I think that another big thing that just blocks us is our own mindset of, I want people to like me, and if I tell them honestly where they stand, they might leave. And I would just counter that that's just not been my experience. They might be disappointed. They might be frustrated for a couple weeks. But they come back, and knowing where they stand, they can actually seek out feedback and might be a future star based on the feedback you you had the courage to share with them.
2: Well, and, and we're not, I know, diving necessarily into all of the generational issues, but when we start to superimpose some of the more generational norms that we find in, in late Gen Xers, and we'll see in Gen Y, the Millennials, and then into the next Gen or Gen Z, is, you know, the mobility factor is, is much higher and someone else will always be more transparent. So it's going to be, I guess, uh, what I would say, a continuing evolving discussion that people just get more comfortable with having that very direct conversation. And, you know, this is what I would say in, in how the talent is moving around the, the marketplace in, in a different way, is it might be the right move, Jeff, for somebody to leave your organization and go develop somewhere else and come back, um, because there's a lot of boomeranging that's going around in the marketplace as well. So. It's a little bit of a longer-term view, and taking that longer-term view as you think about career uh, and talent development—that's um, really non-traditional and really not the norm for many of the leaders who are doing succession planning.
1: <laughs> and I think that leads to the, some of the mistakes. And we'll probably pick up a little bit after break on you know how do we go about uh, putting in best practices. But I do think that one of the mistakes is not letting somebody go and then holding it against them. You know, I, one of my organizations that I worked for previously—if you left. And uh, as soon as you were gone you lost all benefits even if you were gone only 30 days it just didn't work out you had to start from scratch and I was just like that's crazy you know sometimes people just need to go and see that it's not so great on the other side uh, sometimes to your point you know they were up against a uh, spot in the organization where they couldn't grow and develop for the next couple of years very well and for them to go get some experience and welcome back two years later you know and keep in touch with them oh it was just great so I'd say you know our uh, our organizations are going to get flatter and more and more will be working in partnership. Letting them go could be the absolute right thing, but doing it with grace and staying in contact with people can really be one of the things that sets you apart as a talent developer.
2: Yeah, and this is why it's important to not really think about talent development um, as only focusing on your high potentials. Um, You know, the rising tide lifts all boats is one of those uh, sayings which is important that you are thinking about how am I you know, kind of readying all of the talent in the organization to take on larger responsibilities, um, broader responsibilities, things outside of their functional area, if that's appropriate. And if you're continuing to think about that in a more broad way, thinking across the spectrum, um, then, because here's the reason why I bring this up, Jeff, is often what happens is, I don't want to have a tough conversation because if Jeff leaves, I'm in a hill of beans of problems, right? Like, what am I gonna do? Um, and so it's really incumbent upon people to never have a single point of failure as my friends who are Six Sigma would say, right? It's really important that we're not having just a talent that is the only person who could do things. We need to be thinking more broadly about how do we create a broader um, cadre of competence individuals, meaning those who have the capabilities, those who have the skills and experiences who can take on those uh, larger uh, roles, broader roles in the organization.
1: Joy, brilliant. And all I can say is that your friends from Long Island, where you grew up, are going to be giving you a hard time after listening to the show saying, you said Hilla Beans. They're like, she's <laughs> been in Virginia for a while now that this Long Island New Yorker said Hilla Beans. <laughs> Hilla Beans. I did. I did. <laughs> I love it. You know, so I think that, um, you know, we're coming up against a break here. So, a couple th- thoughts to think about from this segment is uh, time will always be a challenge. Uh, having hard conversations will always be a challenge. Talking about your legacy, knowing that maybe replacing yourself, those things are always going to be there. But in today's world, you have to have be transparent. You have to be willing and step up and have the courage to have these conversations. If you don't, someone in another another organization will and they will be that transparent and you will start to lose the war on talent. That's our thoughts for, for the moment. We'll start to talk about how do we implement some best practices on the other side of break. We'll talk to you in two minutes. stimulating talk it gets
3: those synapses in the brain firing really fast all the time the number one internet talk station where your opinion counts voiceamerica.com psych up live with host dr suzanne phillips is an insider's glimpse at a life from a psychological perspective it's a look at what matters to us
4: Moyer's Environmental Dialogues with Dr. Rob Moyer offers lively dialogue and revealing narrative inquiry into how individuals are overcoming obstacles and creating a greener and blue planet Earth. Tune in Thursdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, 12 noon Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel.
3: The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com
0: You are listening to Volcast Illuminating Leadership. To reach Jeff Smith or his guest today, please call 1-866-472-5788. Again, that's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to Jeff at voltageleadership.com. Now back to Voltcast Illuminating Leadership.
1: Welcome back. I've got Joanne Losi on today. Joanne and I are talking about talent development, succession planning, and, and all the best practices. So, Joanne, just before the break here, we were, uh, you know, I think doing a nice job of sort of saying some of the things that we've seen not go so great. And so I'm sure some of the people are like, okay, where do I start? Like, maybe my organization is doing this. Maybe they're not doing it well, or maybe they haven't touched it at all. You know, where would you have a start and you know where what what are some of the best practices maybe that, that you see in really well-functioning organizations around talent development
2: yeah well I, you know this is a, this is a I was gonna say it depends a little bit in terms of where you are in terms of your evolution of leaders so let's just assume that you have leaders that um, are really already bought into this concept, like we should be doing this, um, and you know, we, we need to come up with a way to do this because it's important for the organization. So let's kind of benchmark there. I recognize there are some people that are working with leaders who don't even know where to get started. Um, so let's let's at least start though with people who believe that this is the right process. Um, is that okay to start there? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. What I, would, what I would say is that the first thing that you should probably do is talk about two things. One is the importance of using a process by which to identify and make investment decisions, um, and linking that to the business strategy. So one of the, you know, I'm not going to talk about mistakes, but one of the things... Is that doesn't start well is when you start with this being an HR process. Mm-hmm. You need to really anchor this in the fact that in order for us to hit our business strategy, to achieve those goals, you know, to operate more uh, better customer service, whatever those business benchmarks are. And, and you, you started the show, Jeff, by talking about you know we spend a lot of time on those business pieces, and then we turn to you know the, the talent, and it's like we're having a completely different discussion. What, right. what I would say is the best place to start is the business strategy and drawing a direct link between, for us to achieve the business strategy, we either need specific, you know, competencies, capabilities and experiences of done certain things. Um, and that's where you start to get business leaders who are maybe not 100% inclined to understand, you know, to go through this process, really starting to understand like, oh, I get this. Um, And so that's the first place that I start, is always starting with the business strategy and then talking about the fact that we need a consistent process. Because no CFO would go to a CEO and say, we need certain financing to make our business strategy, and I'm just going to go out on the street and just try and pick it up any old way. Um, They're going to come with a way that they they secure funding, that they are monitoring funding, that they're accounting for that, right? So we need to kind of have that same level of discipline around the human capital aspect um, and how we think about talent. So that's the first place that I would start. Um, And I'm not sure if that's where you would also start, but that's where I like
1: to start. No, I think it's good. It's, um, and I'll just let you know, you're buzzing in and out a couple times. So if it continues, I'll let you know and I'll continue on and we'll we we'll re get you on the line. But uh, it seemed to be work okay towards the second half of that. So, okay. um, the um, you know, I think one of the words that you use a lot is who's your sponsor. And I really like that. Um, and there is nothing against HR being able to help partner and to manage the process. But this is, needs to be. Business and every quarter, as you allude to, when you're talking about the financials, we should also be talking about the talent and where's the talent and what's the next big priority. And as we get to, you know, sort of talking about some of these others, I see too often where this is sort of a we come in once a year, we do the, the talent review, and then we go away. Having a business sponsor that, you know, this is just as important as what the CFO reports out, what the operations person reports out. And being able to have that conversation when it has worked well, it's when it's one of the business sponsors, often someone that's maybe in charge of a big part of the operations. When they own it and they drive it, I'm amazed at the conversations that happen as well as our ability to share the talent. Um, it's a bit of an old, old quote now, but uh, you know I really enjoyed um, you know Jack Welsh saying, you know the top 200 people, you, know, you guys rent them, I own them. You know, but I love that mindset of, hey, the top talent here, we should really be talking about where do we move the top talent. And that is a great example of sponsorship to me.
2: Yeah. And, you know, the one way I've seen this practically roll out in one of my clients, Jeff, is that the leadership actually identified what they called critical roles. Mm -hmm. And those roles were the positions, um, and it wasn't always the same position in every division. But those were the positions that the leader said, these are the most critical positions. They are the incumbents need to have some of the most critical skill sets in order for us to achieve our business strategy. So by starting with the critical roles, rather than talking about the people, Mm -hmm. kept it centered on the business and achieving the business goals. And so when you are having this conversation, um, one of the things that can happen is we get too wrapped up in the event, as you said, like we do a talent review and then we maybe revisit it next year. And so the process has to be an ongoing, you know, information sharing about how people are progressing, what resources do we need to dedicate to their development? And don't mistake having a talent process or a succession planning process with any tool. A tool can help us to identify individuals The actual real kind of momentum that we get in talent management or talent development and building people for succession roles comes from the output of that process.
1: Interesting. Anything else, you know, that uh, around the, you know, what you would start with? You know, so I've heard about, you know, make sure it's a strategy, it's a sponsorship, you know I think there's been the, some making sure that there's consistency in your process. You've got to stick with it. It can't just be a one-time event, you know, and put it on the calendar. Anything else you'd recommend, or maybe what's the first thing you would do to have us get started?
2: Uh, well, those are two questions. So let me start yeah. with the second one. and if I forget to get to the next one, <laughs> I'll <laughs> come back, remind to you. Me, but you know, I, I think it's important, Jeff, because I know folks out there listening are like, what are they gonna talk about the do we tell them? Oh yeah. Yeah. So the other thing that I would say around this and having done, you know, a lot of work with different organizations, hearing lots of organizations report out on their processes, this is completely and utterly an organizational cultural decision. Mm-hmm. Um, I, d- I don't think that there's any one right answer. And you know, even when you're transparent, uh, it's not that you're telling them everything. I think what you really need to think through as you decide what is the level of transparency that we should have in this organization is one, are we willing to back up what we say Meaning, if I tell you, Jeff, that I think you are a high potential, someone who can fill in a a successor role, am I really committed to investing part of myself, resources, to to show that that I think you're worth the investment? So if you don't think that your organization and or you or certain leaders can do that, that's really where I would say, think about how transparent you want to be. Because if you're making a commitment or telling someone they're special and they're not spending an awful lot of time, money or energy on them, I think that that's going to be a big issue in terms of transparency. Um, The second is, you know, I'm not always a fan for scripting leaders, but what I would say is come up with some common key talking points that every leader can have about what they should be sharing and maybe what they shouldn't be sharing. For example, because you're identified as a high potential or a successor, a potential successor um, you know, this doesn't like a talking point might say, this doesn't guarantee you a promotion or a role It means that we are willing to invest in you because we believe that you're someone we should be looking at for those roles. So you see the distinction. And it's really important that organizations get these talk points down because when we have different managers saying different things to people, let's just be clear. High potentials know who other high potentials are and they talk. So we need to have some consistent messaging across the board.
1: Yeah, I think that's important. I, I'm like you. I don't um, I've, I've seen it done both ways where we tell people we don't tell people. Right. Um, but being consistent and being intentional and honoring that. I think the, the biggest mistake, you know, along those lines I've seen is where some left the room and they go and tell people and some have not, you know, yeah. and then it becomes a real problem of like, why didn't you tell me? And then you know, some of those folks are like, well, I just have a special relationship with this person. No, we're either in or we're out. You know, So being consistent and don't leave the room until you've agreed on, on what we're saying. I will say that um, most of my organizations these days tend to tell people that they are high potential for the retention factor. And that does strike that conversation of the person that wasn't identified as high potential coming and asking you, why wasn't I? That can lead to a great conversation about Well, let me tell you some of the things that we haven't seen yet, and here's what we considered, and let's put together a development plan to put you on path for high potential. Can't guarantee it. And, yeah, you'll occasionally have that person that doesn't make it as a high potential, and that's a really hard conversation to say, hey, you know, we've assessed you for the last year, year and a half, and you still have growth potential. We're just not saying that it's high potential at the moment. Having that conversation is hard but equally uh, powerful. And I've seen people come back from being high potentials and, and stop being high potentials to get promoted. You know, so you it, it's not a death sentence to, to be an unsuccessful high potential. But again, back to your point, it needs to be an ongoing conversation. It should be a consistent message that's going to the, the people and making sure that you practice that conversation once or twice before you get in the room.
2: Yeah, I agree with that. That's important too.
1: It's being yeah. prepared. Yeah. So, um, you know, what's, if you had only like, you know, one piece of advice to give, you know, to say, how do I get started? You know, what would you tell people?
2: Uh, Can I use a, with a lot of the word A and D in between? Okay. So I would start, (laughs) I would start with the business strategy and truly becoming um, very well versed in terms of what the business strategy will take to best align talent. Mm -hmm. and then really endorse a senior sponsor to run and come up with a very consistent process. And when I say consistent, I mean, you know, it doesn't have to be so regimented, but what I would also say is simple, 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 don't over orchestrate your process. It should, should align with your organization's culture. You know, if you're, if you're really spending a lot of intricate time doing your business strategy, you should be harvesting the information from the strategic planning process and using that to inform your talent process so that you're not doing this same process twice about understanding talent. Integrate it as much as possible into the business strategy going forward if you haven't done so already.
1: Great stuff, Joanne. We're up against a break, so let's take a break here. We'll come back in two minutes and give you some final tips and tools as we go out the door.
3: stimulating talk it gets those synapses in your brain inspiring really fast all the time the number one internet talk station where your opinion counts voiceamerica.com
4: what sets apart voiceamerica.tv from the other video content providers on the internet choice and flexibility means that you can host your video content live or on demand on the main voiceamerica.tv channels through your own branded media player or your own private tv channel we support multiple media formats so all of your video content Can be in one place. We offer a number of advertising and video packages. For more information, visit VoiceAmerica.tv. If you think you've seen online TV like this before, let us surprise you. Are you
3: finding your frequency? Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. The latest business information is made simple with the Voice America Business Network. The professionals in the business world bring you live talk radio shows featuring an array of business topics strategies for building wealth, sales and marketing, stock trading, investing, and business technology. Voice America Business hosts are professionals in their fields and bring to the airwaves weekly business discussions that offer up-to-date information, advice, and education. The Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business talk. Streaming live, the leader in internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com.
0: You are listening to Volcast Illuminating Leadership. To reach Jeff Smith or his guest today, please call 1-866-472-5788. Again, that's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to Jeff at VoltageLeadership.com. Now back to Voltcast Illuminating Leadership.
1: Welcome back. And thanks for being here today. I'm with uh, Joanne Losey. We're going to wrap up the conversation today around talent development and succession planning. And uh, Joanne, one of the questions that we got was, you know, the good conversation. You know, I think I've got some ideas where to start. But if I want some more uh, information about, uh, you know, this talent development succession planning, could you give us a, a maybe a resource or two? So, you know, I kind of teed you up on the, on the break. You know, what, what do you got for us, Joanne?
2: Well, you know, look, one of the sort of, I guess, uh, very prominent books as it relates to succession planning and thinking about talent development is The Leadership Pipeline by Mm -hmm. Ram Sharan. So I think that is one that I always recommend uh, that you at least breeze through. Um, I think it's one of those, you know, kind of very... As I don't say basic. It's it's the core principles. It's it's really the fundamentals around this concept of when we are building talent, we're not just thinking about today. We're building a pipeline of not only future leaders but future subject matter experts as well. And so, how do we go about doing that? Um, so that would be one that I would just that you know immediately comes to mind as it relates to how do we start thinking about development across the various uh, career stages.
1: I like it. Uh, one of the ones that I have enjoyed um, is um, it's not dated per se. Um, it was it, I think it's still very applicable to today. It comes from the Center for Creative Leadership, um, and it's future trends in leadership development, and it's a 2011 article by Nick. Uh, Petrie, P-E-T-R-I-E. And what I enjoyed about this, Joanne, was it, um, I thought it did a really nice job of sort of explaining the difference between horizontal development and um, vertical development. And why we need to have to care about both as we're thinking about our talent and developing them over the years. Furthermore, it had lots of good suggestions about how do you get sponsored buy-in. You know, a lot of things we've been saying, hey, this can't just be an HR function. How do we get it? How do we make time? You know, so I thought it was... Um, Thought-provoking with some practical tips as well. So again, that's uh, Future Trends in Leadership Development by uh, CCO. So Joanne, you know, um, anything else that you're sort of looking at saying, you know, I would really want the listener to know this as they sort of embark or continue on this journey, you know, so sort of the, you know, wrap-up suggestions for, for our listeners.
2: Yeah, I mean, beyond what I've, I've shared already, yeah. the one piece around succession planning that i I think makes it more of an art form than a science, because I think it's both a science and an art, is that you know, part of our role often as human resources professionals or talent management leaders is that we get to steward a process, you know, by which truly people can be seen in a new and different light. Um, you know, when we start to think about potential, what's possible is you know greatly influenced by how we guide the conversation. And we spoke earlier about the changing dynamics of the workplace in terms of talent development and what we'll see as we go into not only the millennials, but Gen Z who are beginning to enter the workforce and how they go about developing their careers. So really, I think it's a just another thing to consider is what new part of the talent conversation do I need to be shepherding? What do I need to be ensuring that we're not only prepared for today, but tomorrow, how do we best understand and anticipate those talent challenges in the future. So it's, again, a little bit more of a crystal ball exercise, but not really. I think if you really think about the business strategy and if we can project out what markets are going to be, or at least what we think they can be for the next few years, we should be able to do so with talent as well.
1: Yeah, And, you know, I feel for some of the leaders on the phone, too, like, you know, one of our clients is, uh, you know, an organization that uh, is working on automated uh, driving for cars and trucks and things, you know, and if I was in charge of enterprise, you know, boy, you got to be studying that or Ford or GM, you got to be studying it. And so I think that's part of it is that there's going to be continuous sort of upheavals in the marketplace and you're not going to get it exactly right, but having the conversation and thinking about the skill sets of Okay, we may need less drivers in an organization, but we might need a whole lot more engineers and system programmers. And so being able to have that conversation. Uh, Another one that I've got that, uh, again, I alluded to earlier, is from this book, Radical Candor by Kim Scott. And instead of just thinking about potential, it's also thinking about um, what is your growth trajectory? Like, is it steep is it gradual is it slowing you know so maybe when you're later in the career it's slowing because you do want to do legacy um you know joe and i both have had four kids there, there have been some times where i can remember for caroline for me you know i had a chance to get a, a promotion at capital one when all i wanted at that point with uh you know two kids under you know two and a half years old i just want to sleep and luckily, it wasn't a one-time conversation with my boss, you know, because when they first came to me, I'm like, no, I'm just not interested. It, I wanted my trajectory at that point to be more gradual and steady and let me master my job because I'm not doing a great job of managing two kids at home that with no sleep. But six months later, with sleep, I was ready to get back on a steep trajectory. So I think it's also saying understanding that not everyone needs to be on a steep trajectory, that the job is just one part of the life. So going back and having that conversation and asking, where are you on your growth trajectory and where does this fit into your whole life plans is an important conversation as well.
2: Mm. Yeah, I mean, that speaks to the fact that if you have a process and not event, you're going to be having those ongoing conversations. And I think that's a great example of, of what could have been missed, right, if it was just an event um, and not an ongoing conversation. You know, the one other thing, Jeff, is that, you know, people um, often say to me, I'm afraid that if I have this conversation with somebody who I consider high potential talent, um, that I'm going to build up expectations um, and that I'm going to let them down. And what I would just, again, for those of you who are leaders or those coaching leaders is that often we project onto other people our career development and mm-hmm. what we thought we sh- or what we thought we should be wanting at a particular point in, in our career and we spoke earlier about this whole like are people really willing to take on those bigger positions You know, some people are just really content to have a really interesting and challenging job. They're not necessarily looking to be promoted in the next year or two. Some are, and it's important, I think, to understand what the motivations are for each of the individuals that you identify in your organization. I encourage managers all the time to understand, you know, kind of what are the career goals of the people who work for you? Um, What can you do to enable it? But, you know, the, the... The other part of this is don't necessarily project onto somebody else that if I have this conversation, there's this big expectation waiting on the other side. It might be that they just want a really big challenge to grow and develop. And then in six months or a year's time, they might have a different decision about what they want to do with their career. So really be cautious around that as well.
1: Joanne, thank you. Thanks for being on the show. If um, you know Joanne is an outstanding speaker, facilitator, consultant, uh, leads great conferences. You know, if you're interested in finding Joanne, uh, check her out on FortifyLeadership.com. She has uh, done just some amazing work with uh, companies all across the world, from small to really large. So we had a lot of large examples, but Joanne has worked with small, medium, and large. So really fantastic to have you on the show again today, Joanne. Thanks for being here.
2: Yeah, thanks. And, you know, if you do go to com, you'll also see a full range of the different types of ways that we think about talent, as well as uh, some of the places that we'll be. So I encourage you to take a look there. Thanks, Jeff, for having me on the program.
1: Absolutely. So next week, this time, I will be moving uh, our oldest daughter into Duke. She will be starting, and it is exactly from uh, one thirty to 2 o'clock next week when that time slot is uh, for her to move in. So Lee Hubert will be hosting the show next week. Lee's going to have a guest on, uh, and I look forward to uh, listening in sort of post-show. So please join Lee next week. In the meantime, if you're trying to reach us throughout the course of the week, you know feel free to shoot us an email, uh, look us up. Uh, we will be back. Uh, I know over the next couple of weeks, we've got several authors coming on, um, as well as uh, Lee's conversation next week. So, thanks for being with us each and every week. If you want to reach out during the week, it's Jeff at VoltageLeadership.com. You can also reach us at uh, com or at the FortifyLeadershipGroup.com. Uh, so, I appreciate you taking the time. Please feel free to send us an email during the week. It helps us to shape our show. Some of the questions that you ask help us create the format for the show. But in the meantime, you know, Joanne, thanks for being with us. And everyone else, make it a great week, and we'll talk to you next week.
0: Thank you for tuning in to Voltcast, Illuminating Leadership. Please join your host, Jeff Smith, again next Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll discuss another engaging topic next week.